What is the potential of this crisis for the emergence of a 21st century economy? I'm Sinta Osterwal, economist and executive team coach, and I'm asking for thinkers, seers and doers, what now? So hi Sandra, thank you for spending some time with me to talk to me today. Um, what I see in uh, my work is that it seems relatively easy to be speaking about these smart solutions and that uh, quite some efforts today, especially in this, these disruptive times, are focused on finding even more solutions. Um, but what I find is that real change asks from, from us to go back to the drawing board. So to start um, imagining again and to start uh, seeing, feeling, and maybe in a philosophical way, reflecting on uh, what times may come. Um, so that's why I started these talks, to speak to visionaries, people who can and dare to dream, uh, because now as suddenly we find ourselves in such an intensely disruptive time that a pathway of fear is possible, but there's also a pathway of beautiful potential. And um, I think this is a unique opportunity for us to also uh, see what wants to unfold if we follow the pathway of potential. So I'm very excited to speak to you today about that. Thanks for asking me. Yeah. Sandra, you're uh, the founder of Helder Groen, which translates to Clear Green, uh, an advertising agency that is committed to making big bands, big brands green and green bands. Brands big. Wow, that's difficult to say. Why not in the rockstar business? <laughs> <laughs> but you also you're also a radically different uh, entrepreneur. So um, um, I'm really excited to hear about your views on uh, on these times and uh, what's possible to come. So let's start off with the first question that I have for you. And that is, uh, what is your biggest dream for the for the possible future? Yeah. First of all. Shinta, I would like to thank you for inviting me in this interview series. I think it's really profound that you take the time right now to find out new ways and to try, try to share uh, new dreams and visions for future to come. And I think it's really important right now to share uh, new visions and hopeful thoughts and beliefs and also fears, the fears we have in, in, in the world we live in. Um, my dreams, actually, I have many dreams. Mm -hmm. I found out that it's actually, in a way, it's quite easy to dream for, for uh, specifically for people in our business. We are living by feeding the, the visual cortex, actually, mm -hmm. and uh, visualizing new perspectives and therefore help them to get realized actually because visualizing is really a part of uh putting things from the dream uh state from heaven actually onto the earth mm -hmm. and if you if you want if you can visualize it many people can grasp it and they can feel it and they can understand it and they can they can believe it and then they can live up to it yeah. but in these times my dreams get smaller actually to be honest I'm just more uh, attracted uh, inwards. And I think in a way it's very necessary to come up with big ideas and big 
plans for massive radical change. And I truly feel that the world is longing for this. But then, then I ask myself the question. So I say the world is longing for this. Who is the world actually? How am I perceiving this world? And then it comes really close to me. And when it comes close to me, I have to be honest these days, I can come up with many dreams, but I think it's really important for me because I don't have any authority to come up with new plans for the whole world. I want to state that very clearly, but uh, I feel it's really necessary to dive into myself with a capital S. Mm -hmm. The dreams are more for me in an energetic higher realm, uh, more located actually in, in this space. But I think it's really important that we uh, get more rooted and maybe visualize a little bit less and feel a little bit more. So what's the life in you? For me, these times it's like a lot is alive and I think for me, I feel the energy inside me or around me, or maybe you could say it's the collective energy field or is moving towards hope and also towards collective trauma. And then I make it small again. So it's my hope and it's my trauma. And it's, it's bouncing and waving these days. And I, I, I try to be aware that it is bouncing in me and that I'm perceiving it, that I'm aware of it and that I'm, I'm not the trauma nor the hope. And then it's get then inside of me, it gets more and more relaxed. Mm -hmm. And that from that state, I, I try to give the best I can. And yeah, that's in a way very sobering. Yeah, I can imagine. And you're also describing, I, I think, a really very necessary process as we've come to um, find that the form, the concrete forms are collapsing. It's always a period that we need reflection, that space and time to visualize. So it's a cycle from form concrete to the ultimate abstract, which is a new a future impulse. And we can only listen to it, I think, by taking time to reflect. And it's beautiful that you're mentioning, uh, I have dreams, but uh, I'm moving inward. And um, to me, that's maybe the ultimate source of dreaming. Right, what's alive in there? It's 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 actually really very beautiful, and I would wish that the leaders that you and I work with dare to to follow that process a little bit more, maybe now, but also just in general. Yeah, it's it's so uh, subtle. Like in a way, it's like if we talk about now, many people respond. I found out on social media that. Finally, this is a wake-up call to change the system. Yeah. That's very nice. Mm -hmm. I feel that in a way too, but where is this system? First of all, we should recognize that we are the system. Mm. We are literally part of the system. I never saw a, a border between me and the system. Mm -hmm. The system is nothing, actually. It's a structure in my head, and if I bring it back to me again, there's this structure and we should, or I should deconstruct it. So I think this uh, uh, 
what is happening right now for me is only a call to radically deconstruct and this is i think the foundation to build up new openness mm -hmm. sometimes you need a little bit structure to feel okay uh, because otherwise it's too open it's too scared and i think in that sense my dream or vision for the future is in a way optimistic because i think a lot of structure will collapse a lot of in you could say much more trauma will be uh, on this world because we hold on to this old structure and i think human beings are in a way uh too much focused on staying in the comfortable zone and they're trying to pull away from wisdom and uh openness so if we try to hold on the structure and try to stay in the comfort zone it's not gonna happen yeah a lot is gonna happen and the comfort zone is, is definitely going to be demolished if you would ask me yeah my dream that sounds strange right well, no, I don't think it really sounds strange, but I do, I am wondering when you say this, um, so how, how is that, how, is, how does it feel as an entrepreneur? How do you go about it? Your company is a structure too, your work field is a structure too, right? Advertising. Yeah. yeah. How does that work? Yeah, so this is, um, this is challenging, but, but as I, as it works out that I, if the opens up openness uh, comes through me, or, or if I can stay in openness, mm. a lot of stuff um, uh, still happens, but I don't feel uh, connected to it in a, in a in a bad or good way. It's just that it, it is. So actually, I just had a call, and we have to talk about uh, people. Um, are they gonna stay with us or are we gonna uh, say goodbye to them? And this is, it was a firm discussion actually. Mm -hmm. But I think from the most open point of view, it's the most ethic point of view as well, because you treat the other like yourself in a way with the best wisdom you have at that moment. So that's what it is. And this might mean uh, that um, uh, I, as an entrepreneur, will uh, have the role of the entrepreneur have difficult times <laughs> from the point of view of the entrepreneur. Yeah. But as a as a human, yeah, this is what it is, and it's wow, openness more and more, and it comes it's it's it comes close in my life as well. For example, my father has cancer. He said uh, he just. Uh, 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 the treatment last week. Mm -hmm. Cannot go out of his house. He's very uh, fragile. He can't mm -hmm. keep people around him. And uh, the only thing I want is to give him a hug. And it's not possible. And yeah, he, he might uh, get sicker and sicker. And he's. Yeah. We might not even be with too many people at the at the funeral. This is a reality. I'm worrying about this already, but it's there. And so it's like this way coming up, going down. Yeah. Speaking about the balance between um, 
the, 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 the difficult aspects, but also the opportunity, opportunity aspects of it. Um, how does it? I don't want to. I don't want to sound rude, or I don't want to overstep what you just shared because it was. It's beautiful, and I'm also um, wondering for your field of work. How does that? How does that? What will change? What will evolve in advertising? Yeah, that's a great question. I like it. <laughs> this is what I'm really on fire about because I think we 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 as a cre as creatives as creatives human beings. So that's not about the advertising industry. It's about the human beings who dare to be creative. We don't use our creativity enough, I would say, because we can visualize everything we can imagine. We can imagine a whole new world. We can inspire other people with it. We can connect with each other. We can paint castles in the sky. We can do anything we want. Mm -hmm. But the question is, what do we want? Because now these days we have so much freedom, we don't even realize it. We have the capabilities to, to create the whole new world and the whole new structure we, we dream about. And I think uh, business uh, isn't used as a force for doing good uh, at this moment. Actually, businesses. Uh, maybe even not the big, the root cause, but it's a, it's a really big uh, influence on, on the bad uh, things happening on the planet right now. Mm. But business is so greatly structured because it's so much focus. It's like aggression, like you have many kinds of energy, but aggression is purely focused on a subject. Mm -hmm. Like business is purely focused on a subject on that one KPI means money cash. Mm -hmm. If we make cash, we are successful in a way. And there are many KPIs around it, but the, the, the primal KPI is cash. Mm -hmm. So if we can use this system and use a different KPI, for example, sharing or love or mm -hmm. regenerative business, as a, if you ask me, I would, I see four major trends uh, coming up from this one trend which is all around it which is global rising consciousness so we're not in a state of emergency we're in a state of emergence emerging consciousness and in this consciousness i think when the light rises shadow gets sharper it gets more clear what is dark and what is white so this is the first trend of the is true pricing so if we make profit but we don't uh, pinpoint uh, the the loss we create on different fields. If we if we don't calculate it, how could you how could you say you make profit? So true pricing economy, I think, is really a baseline because we should we, we should measure impact positively and negatively. Yeah. Second, is I would say is a circle economy because we if if we see how we make profit and loss in an actual way on the total system we uh we would deal differently with uh with the, uh, the resources mm -hmm. and the third one is that we should use i would say business uh, to be regenerative restorative for the earth for nature for the biggest system we are part of well okay. it's even bigger system is the interstellar system but on this planet and because we have so much influence uh, less CO2 is not good enough. Zero C CO2 is not good enough. 
the baseline shouldn't be zero, the baseline should be positively CO2. Like we, we get up more CO2 out of the air by doing business. It's possible. Mm -hmm. This is a, a third trend. And the, the fourth trend is, I would say, if we want to realize all this, mm -hmm. we're going to organize it, the commons. So we have true pricing, circle economy, rege uh, regenerative business, and the commons. So what can we do as advertising people? We told stories, widely shared. Uh, we make people move and buy cigarettes which are, weren't healthy for them. So we're really capable of moving people. Never forget that. We are really capable of moving massive amounts of people. Mm -hmm. This is a massive power. Can we use it for the good? Yeah. Can we use it for the better? Yeah. So we should inspire not only consumers, most of the advertising industry is only pushing products and services to consumers. And I think it should be using your creativity to inspire people, specifically leaders, business leaders, to do more good and use their power for the better. And it's nice. It gives so much energy. And that's actually what we're doing for, right? We want to have energy, money and frozen energy. What does that um, mean? Do you, you avail of the same skills as you have as an advertising professional? Or do you need different skills to do that? Well, I think, uh, the, as we talked about the rising consciousness, this is, this is a, if you can call it a skill, it's maybe a specific kind of, you see, the skill might be uh, developing awareness. Uh, and the result might be more openness. And if you become more open, you've, you can understand that you're much more part of a bigger system. And so it's much more about systemic thinking than uh, linear thinking. Yeah. This is a different skill, actually. Yeah. And then you need to have, well, more knowledge about different businesses and stuff like that. But this will, this will come. Skills are easy to develop. Imagine also you don't have to develop them maybe yourself as an advertising professional, but you can um, form networks as the commons do with others uh, to have a more integrated approach towards, uh, towards yeah. this, this idea that you just sketched, which is quite clear already, which is beautiful. <laughs> um, uh, there was another question that popped into my head and I just lost it again. Um, yeah, I, um, uh, I find it inspiring that you speak about this reframing, I call it a reframing of the role of organizations, uh, because of what I've been seeing in the last, uh, maybe just a couple of years already is that there's a potential, particularly because this whole purpose, uh, trend is, is catching fire, has caught fire already. Um, is that there's a possibility for organizations to um, see two roles for themselves. And one is the societal assignment, as I would say, to, to have a responsibility towards their societal assignment and then also have a responsibility to become a vehicle for personal development. Because an organization in, 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 is a unique um, vehicle. It brings so many people together and you've mentioned already, it's so focused on, uh, on a specific goal. And to that end, people come together and form a group. So it's just a unique opportunity to start a movement, isn't it? It's already there. The group's there. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but in the, 
it's about the foundation. Like you could say, I think a company is a vehicle in a way. It's, it's a, a legal vehicle. Yeah. It's a tax vehicle. And for example, Bright Green Agency, Alder Groen, uh, is uh, structured in a BV uh, vehicle. One half year ago, I, I thought, okay, so this vehicle is only to keep cash in and uh, annoying stuff out. That's the, the function of this vehicle, actually. Make more money, to hold more money. And if this is the uh, in the foundation of the company, it's never going to work. People might develop till a certain kind of uh, level, but um, yeah, this business has a transformational power. It's a really strong idea, I think. But then we we should really have other KPIs. Yeah, sure. Okay. You spoke already about some of those KPIs, and it, it it strikes me because the talks that I've had with very sensible people with a lot of business reality, they all speak about love. <laughs> and this is interesting, isn't it? Is that when it comes down to the question, what is essential for change, or then we then we dare to speak about love. It's interesting. So what does that mean in um, in business sense? What does it mean to you? Yeah, well, I use this word, word love and trust, these two words, quite a lot last one and a half year because I transformed my company uh, around it. And it's, it's a process, so it's not finished yet. And I found out that many people have as, uh, associations around love that is quite fluffy. <laughs> And uh, that's not what it's all about for me. I did 19 years of fighting arts. And in this training, I heard a story about a samurai who killed out of love. I like it. And there are some stories about if you see a Buddha on the road, kill him. Mm -hmm. Because you make a new image about love or about the one you love or about the higher love, the Buddha or the one, whatever. Mm -hmm. So what, what stays after that? I think this for me is love. That means that everything might arise and that it's okay. And that there's no, uh, no heavy ethic push down of that on that feeling. Mm. Then you have open dialogue, which is really sharp, razor sharp uh, and opening and scareful maybe sometimes. Mm -hmm. and loving in that sense because it says i see you as you are and if you reply on that you see me and you treat me as i am mm -hmm. and that makes it really uh how do you say like uh slicing down to the essence mm -hmm. for me that's love yeah. it's fluffy at all it's about caring about each other in the most like it it might say Nothing is serious, but everything is important. It's really important. Seems to me that it's uh, honoring each other's existence. And that might 
actually be the most necessary skill, right, to honor each other's ex existence, but also the existence of the entity of nature, yeah. which is uh, crucial at these times, I think. Yeah, it's interesting huh? because many people these times are talking about, yeah, finally we we reconnect with nature. Mm. Why? So many people seem to make the connection between the coronavirus yeah. <laughs> and nature is, is giving a call. I don't know, but I see this happening quite a lot. Well, so, maybe it's because we can see that when we withdraw from our, um, in, well, we withdraw our influence on nature only for a little bit because we haven't withdrawn completely at all. But we see it regenerating immediately. Its response is immediate and it comes maybe even more alive or something, which is um, uh, when people start to appreciate that, I think it's very uh, an essential observation to make. Yeah, so, so if, if we, I try to, most of the time I try to make it smaller and bring it back to me. For me, if this happens to me and it happens to me, it makes it, it says to me that I am rena renouncing nature. I've renounced it to, for too much time, for too long time. What do you mean by renouncing? Like not being in nature or not being open to nature or not saluting God in nature. Uh -huh. Yeah. What do you do now? What makes that happen? I just took, took a look outside and there's a big tree. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah. say hi to it? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Maybe I'll go outside and hug it afterwards. <laughs> yeah. But we as creative industry, we should, I think this is an important, important thing that we should be much more aware of nature, of we being nature and not as a big philosophical statement but as a natural reality is which is here and now i had a call uh, with one of the biggest companies uh, worldwide in food industry mm -hmm. last week and there were people and they were believing that they are doing really the best they could to uh, keep uh, the food supply chain alive while they in so much pesticides, but they didn't have a clear uh, answer on the question about what do you think this means for nature? Mm -hmm. She tried to uh, to keep safe the, supply, uh, the supply chain, but it's one the supply chain in nature. <laughs> you can arrange this supply chain because there is nature. Nature is the supply chain. Clear, yeah, yeah, they don't have a clear answer to that. That's really, uh, that really bothers me, yeah. I think that I really feel that that might be the most radical idea in business right now is to start identifying yourself as nature. And if we speak about creativity, the first thing that pops up in my mind is that um, human beings and nature have that in common. We have an innate creative process. We have innate creative abilities that... Um, don't all, only create, they destruct as well. Nature is, is, is a constant flow of construction and destruction. Um, 
And I think that if we mirror ourselves with nature in such a way that we come so much more aligned with it, that it becomes so much more easy to, for these people in the food industry to come up with that answer to your question. Yeah, so for me, a, a question uh, which I asked myself when I trans start transforming uh, bright green, mm -hmm. is it possible that, uh, uh, that I might let it fail? Mm. And what if it's only a creative process? Gave me a lot of freedom, actually. It's quite liberating, isn't it, if, to think about it in such a way? Yeah, it was really liberating. Yeah, and still, I feel last last night I uh, night I felt some fear coming up because of what's happening around me and around my company. But still, a creative process. Mm -hmm. and, and I think the more and more structure around uh, an idea, for example, a company the more and more it wants to sustain itself, like every uh, living vehicle in a way. <laughs> it, yeah. becomes more, it becomes an I, mm -hmm. identity, and it becomes uh, more and more rigid. Mm -hmm. Big companies are more and more rigid, so they fight more and more to sustain, not in a sustainable way. So it's really difficult to to transform green brands to big uh, uh, green brands to uh, big brands, but it's even more difficult to transform big brands to green brands. These are the big structures, and we work with the big corporates as well. Uh, uh, most of the business we do we do for big corporates, and it's about uh, strategy and cultural change. But it's changing ideas, and I think the most radical idea right now is that we are able to change and to generate change ourselves. So how does that work? How does that work? Are you downloading or? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> me. For me, silence is the answer in this. And... <laughs> so much to talk about i would say but uh, there are many ways and classically seen from the buddhist point of view there are three ways the first says i have to get out of society meditate and work on myself which is the later buddhist said is quite selfish and that's why they call it the small vehicle, the Hinayana, Hinayana. And then they call themselves the big vehicle, the Mahayana. And that says, it, well, you should take care of others. That's really liberated, enlightened thinking. And then another group of people born out of that and said, hmm, it's not about caring for yourself. It's not about caring for others. It's about being totally open. And some call that uh, the Dokchen or the Tantra or different Zen or Chan. Um, and I think these three parts are occurring always together in one's life. Take care of yourself. You have to take care of others and you have to be completely in openness. And there are many ways to do it. Reconnect in nature, start running, singing, doing theater, 
painting, laughing, making love, preparing good food, meditate, it's like endless. Even boxing. You can even hamper uh, a boxing bag <laughs> as being still in love with nature. It's radical. Yeah. And it's, and it's flipping life. Um, prioritizing something that is essential before anything else. While we might have up until now, definitely, well, I know I have, maybe prioritized survival. Um, and what you're saying now is, is um, to exercise what is essential for being fully human. Mm, yeah, and that, that's, a, that's a nice one. Thank you for reminding because it, it's almost too, too clearly out there to, to state it because it's really exercising in a way. Yeah. It's like, yeah, disciplining yourself or teaching yourself discipline. Not in a, in a, in a, in a would you say, uh, classical Christian way you should be disciplined, but like being right, the disciple of yourself, like you. Committed, I think, is a nice word. Committed to your well-being in that sense. Yeah. Maybe it might be a nice word. Yeah. So, so um, yeah. <laughs> like, there need to be open space, right, in a, in a day. Mm -hmm. So, in, in my life, my business is quite uh, stressful. I like it. Um, so the stress falls away in a way. There's stress about the business, but there's not so much stress in the business right now. So that's good. Mm -hmm. uh, and then if I am committed, I can get fully committed. And then I can plan my whole day full again. But when there's more open space, like it's more like that life's coming through, right? I think that's, that's an important thing. And that's, that's what's happening right now. So, yeah. Is coming through. Yeah. That's a that's a beautiful way to, uh, to to use as a as a process of of the work, right? Um, strategy. Create openness so life can come through. On that note. I think we should, uh, well, I, <laughs> I have this call and they're calling me already because we were <laughs> 10 minutes past 11. So I should finish it now, but um, it's not because I want to. I can speak, uh, I can speak for much longer about these uh, essential issues. Uh, Summer, you've quieted me down in a way. Mm, wow. Wonderful. So thank you to to make this that you made this so important. It's really it feels like really essential uh, to me. And yeah, looking forward to find out about the other interviews. Yeah. For your energy and time and great questions. <laughs> thank you, Sander. See you soon. <laughs>